Hey everybody, welcome back to the Murderboard Podcast. This is Walter. You're listening to Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murderboard Podcast. Tonight I am here with Shelton. Hello. Solo. Hey y'all. And a, a foreign voice from the past, Ben. Hey, what's up guys? Feels good to be back. Yes, welcome back all of you. Uh, tonight we are discussing New Mutants, finally. Woo. And <laughs> so if you haven't seen this movie this is your spoiler warning and if you have well i hope you enjoy our little show here guys we're well shelton really we're finally talking about new mutants we've waited so long and then just didn't watch it when it actually came out yeah we were just like yeah we'll get to it like did it come out because i just watched it today <laughs> same oh we'll get to that because this has been such a uh infamous movie um but to get things rolling here i wanted to start off with the X-Men Legacy, if you listen to this podcast before, or if you just know me, my my favorite, my I'm a big X-Men fan. They're my favorite comic book growing up, and they still are. They're some of my favorite movies. But uh, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, how do you feel about the X-Men? Uh, Shelton, let's start with you. Uh, I love the X-Men. It's just a lot of their movies, especially recently, are very mediocre, and they really need some fucking... They need to be done right. All right. What about you, Solo? Man, I've always loved the X-Men. The movies have been back and forth. Uh, I still love them, though. And, I, I mean, I grew up watching uh, X-Men on Disney and shit. Uh, <laughs> the iconic sound, the soundtrack is always the intro, man. That shit always plays in my head randomly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the best theme song and best ringtone ever made. Uh, what about you, Ben? Well, yeah, I mean, the X-Men, you know, they're they're literally a part of us. I feel like, you know, we're part of a generation that we grew up on, you know, two different kinds of X-Men, I guess you can say. Because I remember when I was young, you know, when the first um, X-Men came out, um, you know, it's a whole different cast. Uh, you know, just the whole film is completely different to, like, the ones right now. Um, I think it's just pretty, it's, it's been pretty cool to see how it, like, it has evolved. It might not be the best, but it's cool that, you know, X-Men is still a thing. And, yeah, I'm excited to see, like, you know, where they're going to take it to the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that you brought up the fact that it's evolved because it's gone through such a great journey. I'm going to briefly touch <laughs> on it because I just just some things I think that are important to know for this movie. that will maybe fill in some blanks here. But, uh, like I said, I'm a huge X-Men fan. I think that some of the movies are the best and then some of the movies are the worst. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair warning. I will have some bias just because I'm a big X Men dude. Like, anything about the X Men, I'm kind of automatically given in. They're, I just, they're the, the characters and storylines and just overall comic book I related to the most aside from Spider Man. Um, I was never really too big on the, Avengers, on the Avengers until they started getting together. But the X Men were always my peeps. But, mm. uh, just, just a uh, quick history here. Uh, the X-Men started off as a failure in uh, 1962. Um, it premiered a little bit after uh, the first family, which would be fantastic for. But um, yeah, 1962, X-Men appeared. It was your base uh, classic characters, but they failed horribly. It was Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast with No Hair, Iceman, and uh, Angel, and Professor X obviously leading them. It wasn't until 1976, a full, almost a couple of 10 years later, where the iconic characters came in, and that's give you Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Nightcrawler, uh, and then Sunfire and Thunderbird. That was the main roster. 
and Cyclops and Jean Grey and Beast and them were there at that point. I think Beast was blue at this point too. But the X-Men didn't reach iconic status until the 1980s with what they called the Chris Claremont era. That's the writer behind most of all of the most famous X-Men storylines and really the most famous Marvel storylines because I believe nine times out of ten, if you ask a random person what's a storyline you know from of Marvel that goes back to the comics, is it's going to be an X-Men story. But uh, Chris Claremont created the Dark Phoenix saga, Days of Future Past, God Loves, Man Kills. That's, that was the uh, basis for X-Men 2, The Trial of Magneto, and uh, today we're going to talk about New Mutants as well as Deadpool. We're not going to talk about Deadpool, but he created that comic book and Deadpool premiered in New Mutants with these characters. A little after that, we got our our um, our main, like some just more important characters, and they started really diversifying with like Shadowcat, Rogue, Psylocke, Gambit, Forge, and Jubilee. Um, also, Chris Claremont created the most iconic villains for the X-Men, such as Apocalypse, the Hellfire Club, Mr. Sinister, Mojo, and Sabretooth. Mr. Sinister, I don't know much about, about the villains, but correct me if I'm wrong, but Mr. Sinister technically was the villain in this movie, wasn't he? Well, he had a part in this movie, although we never saw him, but... You are correct. He looms large over these. This movie really it goes back to Logan. I don't know if you guys have. I know me and Shelton saw it, so, but if you know yeah. that movie, the yeah. the main organization are derives from Essex Essex Corps, yeah. and that's where they the Fox movies were going. Uh, right. If you don't know by now, uh, Fox was eaten up by Disney around the time this movie had got done filming, so uh, all of their future plans went to uh, down the drain. Because mm-hmm. Disney comes first. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Mr. Sinister, one of the iconic villains. One of the villains they haven't done yet. And I feel like that's where Marvel's going to go. But we can, touch, we can touch on that at the end of the podcast. Of the future of the X-Men. But I believe that's... I think that's the first villain they're going to pull. Just because we haven't done him yet. Um, so yeah. Uh, last two questions here. Do you guys have uh, top three favorite X-Men characters? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> There's billions there upon billions. God. Obviously, I think the first one obviously would be, I guess, Wolverine. Because, you know, I grew up seeing him on the big screen. And, you know, it's just someone you looked like you always wanted to be. You thought he was a badass. Um, that's going to be my my main one. Um, also, Cyclops and... Uh, what's, the, what's the one with the, with the wings? Angel. Angel. Yeah. But you got to be specific. There's three of them, or four. Oh Christ! There's, there's one dude and three girls. Well, the one, well, the one from the movie, that the guy, he was okay. pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's the angel. But yeah, they they've changed the gender many times. Actually, I take it, I take it back. I like uh, Mystique. I think she was the hottest one. <laughs> oh, love Mystique. Mystique was awesome. My favorite three, I, I feel like Wolverine, of course, because e- even if you didn't get a test to him with all the movies he's been in, and in Logan, he's still just one of the more interesting and fun characters that has a lot of their his own solo stories along with, you know, being in other people's stories. Um, my other two would be Storm. I, I love Storm. And then Jean Grey, just because she, she's just so complicated all the time. It's like oh, she's, she can be badass. She can be vulnerable. She could be completely useless. It just depends on what you're seeing her in. 
yes. Oh man, you you hit it right on the nail there. <laughs> man, uh, so number one for me, I probably would say Iceman. I've always liked Iceman. Uh, mainly also because like I grew up watching Spider Man and Friends. So yeah. yes. Yeah, him and Peter were college buddies. So yep. Iceman's got to be, you know, up there definitely for the X Men. Um, I want, I would put Wolverine on my list, but he's iconic enough, and you know, he's always everyone's favorite. Everyone loves who does I mean, who doesn't love Wolverine? Exactly. Me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I like, I like Wolverine. See, <laughs> like that. My second, it's it was tough to choose between Quicksilver and Colossus, but mm. I think. Quicksilver takes the cake. Uh, Colossus, I guess I'll put him as an honorable mention, or if not the third. Um, Quicksilver, though, especially like how they did his scenes, um, especially with Peter in the movies, which will also bring back some of my favorite movies, but Quicksilver for sure would be in the second spot. Um, and third, if not Colossus, then... Yeah, probably Colossus. I'll put Colossus up there. Who doesn't like a big buff guy with an accent who can turn metal? Yeah, we all need a himbo in our lives. <laughs> um, that brings me to my list, which is very, very simple. Uh, number one is Jean Grey for me, just for the, all the reasons Sheldon said. She's a big old mixed bag of kittens. You just don't know what you're going to get. Like, <laughs> she either scratch you or she'll love you to death. Literally. She so killed so walk. many yeah. people. Yeah, she'll touch you and you just fucking die. <laughs> yeah, like you know, just walk in the room or destroy the room. Uh, my second is Professor X, just because he's just the ultimate teacher to me. I don't know. He's just, I've, I, I go back to our WandaVision. I described why I love Professor X. You can listen to that. Uh, same thing with uh, my third one, Cyclops. I I've really come to like Cyclops over the years. He starts off as this uh this Boy Scout, but in recent comics, he's this like. He's he's the definitive middle. They tried to make Mystique the definitive middle, but he is the definitive middle ground between Magneto and Professor X now, which is I it's just highly fascinating. Um, I hope what they do is I hope he becomes the main character in the future. I really do. He's so cool now. Um, but uh, that leads me to my final before we go to break. Here is uh top three movies. Uh, I'm gonna go first. Uh, I'm gonna say my my favorite. Although, be it not the best one, I think, well, it's the second best. My favorite is X-Men to the Future Past. I just think that movie is it's the most epic feeling of the X-Men movies. My second is First Class. That is one that is not only the best X-Men movie, but the the one of the best superhero movies we've had. Like, is it's like up there. It's it's up there with like Dark Knight, honestly. And then uh X2, X-Men United, same reason, one of the best movies ever made. Uh what about you guys? Uh, let's start with Solo. Oh, uh, yeah, I have the same first as you. Days of Future Past. I love that movie. I adore that movie. Uh, especially, yeah, Quicksilver's in it and his scenes. Perfection. I mean, I talked about him in, in one version as well. But yeah. Uh, it, was, it was close between my second... Uh, no, my second no, it was closer to my third. So my second is Logan. I really, I actually really, really enjoyed Logan. Um, I feel like it was a really good, you know, closing chapter to a character that we all love. Um, and it's like they did right by him, in a sense. Some things I, I, I could have, I would have done differently, but 
I love the movie. Um, third, it was really close between First Class and X2, but I chose First Class over X2. Just because it shows like the origins and kind of like the start of everything. And then it also introduced a lot of more mutants that we hadn't seen yet. Yeah. Including one of those three angels I mentioned. <laughs> um, my first has got to be Logan. That movie, I just feel like it was one, like Salo said, a perfect conclusion. And at the same time, it, it caught you by the feels and the action was amazing. And X-Men being rated R, we need more of that. We need more superhero movies to be rated R, period. So I love that. Uh, Days of Future Past is my second. And First Class is going to be uh, my last. Just because, like, First Class was great. I feel like it's reached the status of being a classic. But Days of Future Past and Logan both make me feel something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go with... Uh, with X-Men United, man, because that was the first movie I went to go see, I remember. I remember the hype that was behind that movie. Um, uh, I'm also going to go with uh, The Last Stand and First Class, because I just, I just remember how hyped um, I was when those movies came out. And um, it was just a really good time. It just brought back good memories, even though the story maybe wasn't as good. But I just really, really enjoyed those movies. I like that. I like that. I, I like um, you're your classic X-Men guy. I like that. Those older movies I love too. Uh especially I just I, we're gonna we're gonna go to break. But I just wanted to say that Last Stand is not as bad as it used to be if you watch it with a scholarly eye. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in that movie, but it's it's saying a lot. Like there's a lot of like subtext and commentary that they were really trying to get at. But uh, you know, Fox a, Studios went down it, for a reason. It's entertaining. I mean, like, I mean, back then the technology back then was really good. Oh, yeah. uh, um, with, like film, like technology and um, all that graphics and stuff. It was good for its time, you know. But obviously, if you compare it to like now, it's you know, nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was it was considered one. It was considered the most expensive movie of that year, I believe, for a long time. At least until Avatar came out, I think. The most expensive movie ever. I may be fluck. I, no, I'm pretty sure that was it. Until Avatar came out, it was the most expensive movie. But uh, that's that. All right, we're gonna go to break, and then I'll be back with some facts on New Mutants. Um, don't worry, it's it's not a lot. <laughs> Good. <laughs> there is nothing on this movie other than whoops. We didn't know where to put it out. Yeah. yeah there's so much production. <laughs> Like bullshit. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into it. You guys hear that? I know that song. It's coming from my room. I'm going to get Dr. Reyes. Eliana, don't! No. No, I buried this. Stay away from her, you bitch! Alright, we're back, and here are some facts on New Mutants. All right, it looks like New Mutants was released on April 13, 2018. No, hold on. It was it was released February 22, 2019, 
No, that's not it. It was <laughs> it, it was it was released on the, uh, August second, twenty nineteen. Nope, nope, still wow. not it. Uh, it was released April third of twenty twenty. Nope, still not it either. It was officially <laughs> it was officially released in uh, August twenty second, twenty twenty. Um, begrudgingly, I should say. All right, it was directed by Joss Boone. It was written by Joss Boone and Nate Lee. And it's based on The New Mutants by Chris Claremont and Bob McLeeds. The film stars Maisie Williams, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Heaton, Alice Braga, Blue Hunt, and Henry Zaga. Also featuring Marilyn Manson and uncredited what? John Hamm and Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Um, Wait, what? Marilyn Manson? What? Hold up. Wait. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal it because you never <laughs> see them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll get into it, but uh, the plot goes as such. Five teenage mutants, Mirage, Wolfsbane, Cannonball, Sunspot, and Magic undergo treatment at a secret institute that will cure them of their dangerous powers. Invited by Dr. Cecilia Reyes to share their stories, their memories soon turn into terrifying realities as they start to question why they are being held and who's trying to trying to destroy them. Whew. Uh, the budget, the budget for this film ranges between sixty-seven to eighty million, and the box office was four forty-six point nine million. Oh so, god, <laughs> this failed very badly. So that yeah, that's it. Um, that's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, just to go back up to the cast here for a minute, which is this is a really good cast. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the main ones when we get into the movie. But Marilyn Manson, he voices the smiling men, <laughs> yeah. meaning uh, he just roars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so back when this movie had a whole bunch of release dates, it was um, this movie had a very troubled production. I didn't want to go over it because it was just very time consuming, and it's it's basic same studio level stuff, kind of the same thing that happened with the Snyder cut. But basically, at some point, they were going to reshoot half of the entire movie, and they were going to add in John Hamm and Antonio Banderas, who were pretty much both going to play Mr. Sinister in an end credit scene. But because the reshoots never happened, and there were uh, scheduling conflicts with all of the cast, they, they're, wow. they're still credited, but they're not in the movie. Hey, John Hamm would have been a perfect Mr. Sinister. Yeah, John Hamm would have been a perfect Mr. Sinister, which is where they were leading to with these new X-Men movies, but obviously we didn't get those. I'm kind of glad we didn't, but um, I find comfort in knowing that watching this movie, Marilyn Manson was yelling at me. <laughs> I feel like they spend like, most of the budget money on just him. Yes. <laughs> definitely a lot of money in cast. Oh, definitely. Wow, that's... But I mean, I guess they say, I mean, they spent so much money on these actors that, you know, they didn't have enough money for the sets. So that's why they kept the whole movie on one set. Yeah. That's why there's only <laughs> six people in this movie. <laughs> for real. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I like how small the cast was, though, because it, it gave that real yeah. sense of isolation. Yeah, and the setting, too. I just like how it was, like, all in one setting. It was yeah, a just, good setting for it to just it be, is, like, that But it one. was highly unrealistic. <laughs> It's X-Men. <laughs> well, the X-Men are still realistic in some ways. I'm just saying, like, you got these people at a hospital, and there's only one doctor. Yeah, who has the ability to keep them all in. True. Yeah. Her powers were pretty cool. She's strong as shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
until a wolf until you throw a wolf at her. It's Look, like she didn't see her coming. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go to break, but I did want to touch on the cast a little bit. Uh, Maisie Williams, we know her mostly from Game of Thrones. Um, I didn't like her in Game of Thrones, and I don't know if I like her in this movie yet, but she's cool. <laughs> uh, we also have Anya Taylor Joy. She played Magic. Uh, she's great. Oh, uh, I loved her in this movie. She's so yeah. fucking good. I love this actress. She she did really good in Split, and she was really cool. Um, she was a really good endpoint in Glass, and she's done a couple other things. The Witch, The Witch. She was the main girl in The Witch. Yes, love her. Give her a character that needs to be emotional in a traumatic or sad way, and she just fucking she nails it. <laughs> oh man, she sure knows how to. <laughs> she knows how to act like trauma has just happened to her. She does it so well. She's pretty cute too. Oh, you oh, oh yes. No, she's hot. She is hot. <laughs> she's Not fucking cute. hot. <laughs> she is hot. <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, Charlie Heaton, mostly famous for Stranger Things. He played Jonathan. Um he's I think he's probably the best cast in this movie as Cannonball because he looks just like the comic book character. Oh wow. Like he physically look he like Samuel Jackson levels, he looks like him. I think mm-hmm. the hair color is a little different, oh, but yeah. I just- I wasn't really messing too much with his accent. It was from <laughs> the south. He's like, like southern accent. Yeah, I'm like this. Home. Yeah, it's like that. That doesn't sound too Kentucky. And he looks the same in real life. Like how he how he looked like in that movie. He looks. He looks. Like <laughs> yeah, just life. sweaty. Just all sweaty. Oh, he does always look a little greasy. Yeah, uh, Alice Braga. She's done a lot. Um, she's in the newest suic- the Suicide Squad, I believe. She's done yeah. a lot of uh, stuff too. These are all TV actors too. Like again, well, I'm Taylor Joy, and it's not a TV actor, but all these people have been on TV shows that I've seen. Uh, Blue Hunt is the only new actress. I think this is her first movie, and she plays Danny. Uh, and then, well yeah, and then her uh, first uh, movie. She really did. Most most people struggle, but I, I'll give it to her. Uh, last but not least, we have Henry Zaga. Uh, I know this guy because of a of a TV show. Shelton, did you recognize him? Uh, no. He looked okay. familiar, but I, I, I forgot what I saw him in. He was in the. I want to say the he was he was in Teen Wolf. He was in the sixth season, or not the sixth season. He was in the the fifth season of Teen Wolf. He he played the the guy that uh, Styles accidentally quote unquote kills. He was the electric eel dude. I don't know. Oh, if you guys oh, that's why I don't recognize him. He was a small character. Yeah, well, he had he had pretty much. He was pretty big in those first couple episodes. He was the one that tried to to kill Styles' dad, and then he tried to kill Styles because Theo told him to, and then uh, Styles accidentally kills him, and then he comes back as like some electric eel type dude. And he tries to kill Kira. He he played a good almost serial killer in that show, but that's why I recognize him. So that's all I gotta say. Um, I, again, I think this is a good cast, but we'll discuss the movie after this break. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? 
anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned her. Eliana? I killed 18 men. One by one. This isn't a hospital. It's a cage. It's important we find out your power so we can help you get better. something I don't think she wanted me to see I don't think we're here to get better this place takes your greatest fear and makes you live through it until it kills you Who's there? We can get out of this together. All right, so we're back and let's talk about New Mutants. So Let's just dive into the conversation because this movie is a. I feel like we're going to be divided in this podcast. So, yeah. whoever wants to go first, give your overall impression of the movie. I mean, it's not the best movie. It was a nice little story, um, a nice little introduction to who the new mutants are. Um, you know, I had no idea who they were, so I got an, I got a pretty like solid well not solid idea i guess it was more of like just a little um a little hint of who they are um i feel like i feel like it was it was too long man i don't know in my opinion i think it was a story that was stretched too long um not much going on um i got bored like at like some points during the film i can see why why it only made that much money because i know i didn't pay any to go see so, um, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's, you know, it's one of those movies that, you know, if you don't have anything to do in the afternoon, just watch it and you either like it or you don't. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Although the actors um, are hot, so I'll give them that. The, the cast good. I think, uh, I, I really enjoyed the movie up until like the whole little end conflict. Like pretty much as soon as as soon as the bear showed up, that that was pretty, up until there. I really liked the movie because I, I felt like the story was good. The characters were fairly deep in all their like reasonings and things like that. It didn't give you too much about their backstory, but it gave you enough to keep you interested. And uh, along with just learning their dynamics and all that, but God, that the ending really fuck. Oh God, it was so bad. It was not good. Yeah, you know, I I did enjoy the movie. I thought I, I think people give it a lot more slack just because of uh, how many times it got delayed and just the trailers that we first saw definitely amped it up to be a lot more uh, horror 
than it really was. Yeah. And it, it was a letdown in the sense of advertising and delays. Oh, man. This movie. Um, I it's, it's somewhere in between pretty good and all right. So I'll mm-hmm. say pretty all right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't... I don't know. This... It was... As as LME said himself, uh, hey. this movie struggled more with trying to find its tone than the patients did escaping. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it just yeah the I mean it it did bring some horror tones into it because of the nightmares and all, but I don't, I don't know it felt it was it just felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. As well as I know that during whenever Disney had a, you know bought out X Men and the Fox and all that deal had happened, that they were actually seventy percent um, completed with the production. So that last thirty percent, that last ending, that you know that, that happened. That, that I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. If they would have made it a horror movie, it would have been a really really good movie. Yes, mm-hmm. and that brings me to my point here. All right, so. A little. I know I did a lot of the fact stuff earlier, but here's some background. The director of this movie, Josh Boone, he's most famous because he directed Fault in Our Stars, which, as we remember, was a huge hit. But the guy is a horror fan, which is absolutely backwards. Usually you start with horror, then you go into the soft stuff. But he does, He loves horror. He, uh, he most recently did the uh, reimagining of The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, on uh, what is now Paramount+. Plus. I recommend it if you have like a, a weekend to spare. It's like six uh, episodes, I think, but it's it's really good. But uh, yeah, Josh Boone initially uh, he initially wrote and pitched a horror movie, and it was a it was essentially a an X Men version of a Nightmare on Elm Street, which is an absolutely fantastic idea, or uh, most specifically a Nightmare on Elm Street Three Dream Warriors, where the plot of that movie. It revolves around a group of teenagers being held in a hospital against their will while also battling Freddy. Great movie. But uh, he also added in The Breakfast Club and One Flew Over to Cuckoo's Nest. Fox bought the script and said, got it. Make the make the movie. But uh, as soon as he as soon as he made his first cut of the movie, Fox said, yeah, well, um. The Avengers are making a whole lot of money doing this, so why don't you lighten it up a bit? And so they took out most of the kills. They took out most of the nightmare stuff and wanted to add in more teen drama like Fault in Our Stars. And and that's the rest is history. So, Josh, it's a lot of, again, filmmaking is a group effort. You do have to kind of, I mean, sometimes studios are right. Most of the time studios are wrong. This is a very compromised movie. But as far as I feel about it, I was so excited for this movie. And uh, the first time I watched it, I thought, it's okay. Watching it for this review, I'm like, this is pretty bad. I don't I don't think I like this movie. <laughs> and, I, and it hurts me. I don't think I like this movie anymore. It hurts me because of me being an X-Men fan. I've known these characters. I remember I first saw them in the X-Men cartoon, uh, X-Men Evolution. I believe this is the second season. They have their own little episodes. These characters, along with like a few younger mutants that didn't make it into this movie, but um, all of the main X Men and Charles leave for like a couple of episodes, and <laughs> the house tries to kill them, <laughs> which is like <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, Danny's in there. Sunspot. Uh, Sunspot's my favorite. 
Um, Cannonball, I thought was pretty cool. The only person they're missing is Boom Boom, and she's awesome. She's like this lesbian who throws like firecrack well not firecrackers but like a little balls that explode it's, it's so cool they come out of her hands but uh yeah i just i just i don't know i i can see where this movie was trying to but i do think it's failing is in its tone and you can tell the script was extremely choppy like mm-hmm. uh solo was saying there's a lot of quips and one-liners but not a lot of there's a lot of exposition too but not a lot of actual conflict and conversation yeah it definitely, I'd say it definitely was. Uh, <laughs> I want to put a lot of it on the production areas, but it, I don't know. It was, it was, it was something else. Uh, yeah, but yeah, definitely. Um, All star cast. I had actually looked up the cast before. Um, I had watched the movie, and I was looking out for a lot of characters, and half, half of the people that are credited in it weren't <laughs> in it. Um, yeah. Like I was, I saw Antonio Banderas. So yeah, I was in there. I was like, my boy Zorro's in this. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, James McAvoy, Storm. They were supposed to cameo in there too. That didn't happen. Uh, yeah, obviously you got Mr. Sternister with Antonio Banderas, and the name slipped my mind. But they were supposed to be in there. They weren't in there. It was. Oh, it was just. Yeah, but uh. Focusing on the movie that we have here. So we, we start off with Danny, Danny Moonstar. Uh, let's just go by character by character, and then we'll go through their nightmares, basically. Because that's essentially the plot of this movie. But what did y'all think about Danny as we meet her and as she progresses through this movie? Um, She's definitely uh, a cool character. Um, but I, I still don't know a lot about her yet. The acting was pretty good. It was decent. Uh, it wasn't the best, but um, overall, though, I think we got a pretty good uh, taste of of the character. Um, it was it was interesting seeing how she like evolved in there, and she was able to figure out what the hell she does. Um, but. But yeah, she was cool. I guess I I'd never seen that actress before, but I think she did a pretty decent job for being her first main role. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with Ben. Like she she wasn't she did well for her first role. I think uh, I'm definitely glad they writ, wrote the character the way they did because it was a lot of as the story kind of unfolded. I was like, oh. God, she's gonna be so annoying, isn't she? <laughs> but she wasn't, thank God. So that was that was great to see. But uh, I don't know. The character's very uninteresting, or at least how she is in the movie is very uninteresting. And they they didn't really give her too much to do. And I think uh, the actress did the best she could with the character she was given. Going off of what they said, uh, I knew off bat that she slaughtered her her whole family. Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah. Also, going into watching this movie, knowing we were going to have this podcast afterwards, probably wasn't a good mindset to go into. I tried to keep a, as much as an open mind as possible, but I couldn't help but pick the movie apart. Oh, um, go ahead. Go right ahead. I'm right behind you, bud. <laughs> uh, I was already familiar with most of these characters because, you know, I read comics in the past, childhood stuff. Uh, so I did know about the New Mutants. I didn't, I don't... Um, I'm not super knowledgeable on them, but I do know 
a little bit. Uh, I was really happy to see Sunspot was in this. Uh, I like Magic, her her character. Um, and that's another reason why I, I don't know about Anya's performance in this. She's a great actor, but just in this movie, I don't know. There's just the accent with the one-liners. I just felt like, in a way, she was trying too hard. Um, probably not on her end, but just the probably just the writing of her character. She probably didn't have a whole lot to go off of. Uh, it's kind of as if you put just like that, like a bitch <laughs> a movie and slap the accent on her. It's kind of like it felt forced accent. If, if you catch what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand because everyone's accent in this movie is terrible. And if you know me, I notice these things even when people don't. Like, uh, every single movie review we've done. Uh, I I will bring up someone's weird accent if they have it, and this one is full of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie is a great actress. I, I, I she's just gotten some notoriety for a, a Netflix show. I haven't watched it. My parents were telling me about it called uh, Queen's Gambit. Apparently, she's really good in that. But here, oh, this like Russian, <laughs> it's, it's worse than what the dude was doing in Deadpool, and that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah, they felt forced on her. I, I I didn't like it either. Um, there were there were some parts where like you could even notice her speaking normally. Yeah, then her getting her in the, her Russian um, character. You can notice when her like tongue is slapping the inside of her teeth because she's like lisping at some point, and I'm like, okay, yeah. come on, lady, do something <laughs> else. Mm-hmm. You can see she's forcing out the accent. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard, I mean, though. it's really hard to do uh, to do accents, man. It really is. Yeah, without that, getting yeah. canc- without getting canceled, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I like I uh, okay. I think I like Danny's power more than I like Danny. I think Danny's power is pretty cool. She yeah. brings nightmares to life, willingly willingly or not. I like that she can bring her own nightmares to life too. But they, they, like Solo was pretty much hinting at, they, they shatter the mystery by showing you the beginning of her just yeah. running yeah. away with her dad and hiding in a tree. Her family without her really even knowing. It's like, did no one know she was a mutant at some point? Like, <laughs> is she... Because it sounded like her dad knew, especially with the stuff he told her about the bear. Yeah, like, you know, it's natural to X-Men mythology. You start getting your mutant, unless you're extra special. If you're not born that way, you know, you can either be born that way, like Mystique, Nightcrawler, uh, a lot of these like monstrous looking people, Toad, they were born that way as babies. But like most of the time you come out as a human and you don't get your powers or your mutation till about 12, 13 when puberty hits, you know, even if you're a late bloomer, 15, 16. So I guess in this movie, everyone's about 16. So... (laughs) I guess she has some leeway there, but it's like, did no one, there was there no possibility that, because, you know, somebody in the, in the reservation has to be a mutant if she comes out one, because it's not like it's a random occurrence. It's a passed down trait. As well as they're Native Americans, you would, I mean, you would think that they, yeah. they'd be about it. That, that's, honestly, that's why I think um, with the stories that her dad told her when she was little, I think they knew. And that okay. was him trying to prepare her. Let me let me talk about this goddamn bear story here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't have a problem with the story itself. It sets up a metaphor. Everybody knows I love metaphors, especially when they're blatant. <laughs> I just find them so fun. I find them fun. But the fact that she tells this story three times in this movie they <laughs> pissed me off. And it still does. The beginning, okay, not the best choice, but okay. I can take it. It's fine. People are going to forget about it by the time the action kicks in, which is the end of the movie. But <laughs> the fact that she tells it again, like, at, about an hour in, and it's like, let me stop the movie, guys. My father always told me about this too. But we just heard this. Why is she retelling this to these random people that don't care at the end? And then she says it again at the very end of the movie. And it's like, why? This is this is horrible editing. This is horrible. You either do it at the beginning or at the end. But do not have her stop the movie. Pick one. I would say pick one. But don't have her stop the movie and be like, yeah, remember that story I told about an hour ago? Here it is again. And then at the end of the movie, yeah, we're going to walk into the sunset. But have you heard about these two bears my dad told me about when I was younger? Audience, <laughs> are you paying attention, audience? That's what it felt like. <laughs> it really was to see if you're paying because that story changed three times. More stuff, new details. Yeah, it was. It was slightly different every single time. Yeah. yeah. Where she added, you know, was the actual actual story. You know. Yeah. Um. Let's get into some more characters here. First off, the this movie is mainly about the girls. The guys do nothing in this movie. But it's why we're going to talk about them together. How do y'all feel about Cannonball and Sunspot, Roberto and Sam? Because they do nothing in this movie. <laughs> and Sam just likes to beat the shit out of himself. Yeah, that was. I would want to see more of that, but they only give him one scene. <laughs> well, two him like fucking swinging around like a tether ball, and then. In the bathroom, when it's like he punches himself in the face, and we don't address it for the rest of the movie. Not a tether ball, Shelton. <laughs> he was a tether ball. I Honestly, he looks like as if you got an angry bee tied it to a string and anchored it. But I love, I I do love in that scene when he's uh just like cannon like flying around on yeah. that uh, harness. She's just like, why does he do that? And she's like, I think he just does it to hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, he's like smashing it to the ground. But, uh, you know what? He seems like he would be the most useful fighting a giant bear, too. But he never really flies. It, it's like, kind of me, too, because in, <laughs> you know, in the actual comics, he's kind of like, like co-leader of the group as well. Yeah, yeah, he's your, he's like the second leader aside from, I forgot who really leads the goddamn New Mutants, but he's like the main guy. It was, uh, I forget her name, it was this Asian chick before she died. Oh, the Vietnam girl, oh crap, I forgot, they didn't put her in this movie. I think yeah, her she, name, Mira, Mirage, I think that's her name? Yeah. No, Mirage yeah. is Danny, I forgot her name. His name is stupid too, Sam Gunthery. <laughs> Rude. Uh, other than- <laughs> His accent, it was atrocious, especially being south <laughs> and being from Tennessee, dude. Because uh, I can make it, I mean, I, I can exaggerate a country accent, but it's, it's, no, it's never how he was doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't really understand him. Yeah, if all the, they try and get people from the north or somewhere, you know, they're not really from or never even studied or been to. And they kind of just take the stereotypical route and just run with it. And I kind of I felt that's what he did here. Funny, whenever he was trying to, you know, uh, 
protect Illy, and then he was like, "Don't worry, it's not real." Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. And then it comes out, and it's like, "Oh crap, run, run, run!" <laughs> I do like that moment though, when they're in the hallway, and she's like freaking out. He's like, "Use your power." She's like, "I can't." She's like, well, "We we got to do something." She's like, "All right," and then just disappeared. Dude, <laughs> she like, just dips. <laughs> he was like, "Seriously." <laughs> I thought that was funny. That was a good moment. Yeah, no, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I definitely oh. like Anya's performance. Uh, is, I feel like it goes back to character writing and what she was given. Because it feels like the emotional parts, she hit those so good and so perfectly. But when it came, like, her, she felt like it felt like she didn't know her character because it was constantly back and forth, like, oh, I'm this, you know, confident, like, don't give a fuck, I'm that bitch attitude. <laughs> and next thing you know, she, you know, she's like insecure about some shit or like not sure. Like, it was just, it was just weird with her character and what they did. And it makes me mad because Magic is one of my favorite characters out of that team. Um, yeah, Magic's cool. She's basically like a younger Scarlet Witch nowadays in the comics like i know uh, in the comics like now or recently dr strange runs around with his little magic team and on that team is scarlet witch magic america chavez and loki and they kind of just go around into different dimensions fighting demons so uh, magic's pretty cool also fun fact she's colossus is colossus is she's colossus little sister which is why yeah which is why she can turn into metal oh shit they have the same last name rescue yeah, Peter Rasputin and Ileana Rasputin. Oh wow! Yeah, I want to know the... what's up with them smiling. The, the smiling men, though. Oh yeah. So yeah, that that's I wrote in my notes. So was 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 Ileana a part of sex trafficking? Is that why? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! It felt like that though. She said the they, smiling men, and I'm like, okay, they're all wearing black suits. It made them happy whenever they did me harm. Like. <laughs> yeah, but cut to her as a little girl sitting on a mattress. <laughs> I, oh, you, you assume that, you know, right next door to that room, Liam Neeson is rescuing his daughter. Like, she's being. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just got, like, uh, Slenderman vibes every time I saw those people. So, like, yeah. those, those, those exist already. Like, what the hell? Crooked <laughs> Man from The Conjuring, too. Oh, yeah. They were pretty cool. I just, I wish there were more of them. But you know we got three, which is the the question I had the whole time was okay. So were they like legit, like mutants, or was that just her child's brain, like her her childlike brain, changing what they were to make them into monsters? I that's a good question. Crap, anybody got an answer? Because <laughs> it could be that, and then her nightmare, you know, makes yeah. it even more sinister. True, true. I could have sworn I thought. Yeah, and then she was prostituted off and stuff and child traffic. Then definitely it can it can go back to um a psyche and a mental break where the child definitely um manifested and kind of remembered or changed altered, you know, the view of what those men were into yeah. those monsters. Um because that can happen and that's uh, kind of brings me to a point of uh and in the haunting of Hill House is an episode where obviously uh, uh, the sister Theo she can she can touch you and pretty much know all your feelings and see you know, see what you see, and she ends up becoming a child therapist and helping kids. And one of the girls that she was helping was having bad dreams of 
the smiley man. Mm. And what it ended up being, well, whenever she had touched the little girl and found out when she went inside the house, in the basement there's a couch. And when you're laying on your back and you look up, you can see um, in the wood a crooked-looking smiley man face. And that's what she would see when her stepfather would be sexually abused. Wow. 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 Um, manifested the smiling man um, and put that in place of her stepfather. Okay, let's 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 shift over to Roberto and Rain Saint Clair here. Uh, Sunspot and Wolvesbane. How do we feel about these two? Again, Roberto doesn't Hello? really do anything but wash dishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that he's like the rich kid and he does nothing but wash dishes. I hated that character. Oh, really? I, I really, because look, okay, so everybody tells their sad story. And this guy's keeping it a secret because he thinks it, it's horrible. Okay, bro. Yes, okay, you killed your girlfriend. These guys killed their parents? These <laughs> girls killed their whole, like, village? Yeah, Ben, I think Ben nailed it on the head. Like, everybody else is like, I killed my whole family. I killed yeah, my dude, town. I'm like, I'm like, I'm waiting, like, when he's about to explain. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be the craziest story. This guy probably, like, burned down, like, the whole country of Brazil. But just his girlfriend? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like, I like his, he's the rich kid, so his parents just sent him away. And he was cool. He was, like, the only one that was really fine with being there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Which also kind of sets up the fact that I think that... Um, the, and Antonio Banderas was supposed to be his father, was supposed to be like said to be playing his father in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Josh Boone initially pitched three movies, a, trill, a full trilogy of horror-based mutant X-Men movies. The second movie was going to be them going to Brazil because uh, he had, he was, again, there's one of the end credit scenes where Ando, Antonio Banderas is going to show up. But the second movie is going to take place in Brazil, and they were going to reconvene with Sunspot's family and then stuff would go down with the whole... There's supposed to be like a... I think he's like a mutant ring. I forgot. There's a horror movie he referenced that was going to explain it. It was like Friday the 13th meets something else taking place in Brazil. I think... Uh, I can't remember the movie. But uh, yeah, because they were all going to... You know, kind of like how they're doing Spider-Man. Each movie is based on an 80s movie. Uh, Homecoming was based on The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller. Uh, Far From Home was based on The National Vacation so that's what Josh Boone was going to do with these three X-Men movies, but just 80s horror movies. So yeah, that's why Antonio Benders was cast. And I think they were running from Mr. Sinister in that movie. I think that's what the main villain, where, where he was going to premiere, hmm. I think. But yeah, which, which would have been cool. We haven't had a movie set in Brazil since, like, what? The Incredible Hulk and Fast Five? Like, Brazil's a really good, like, you know, uh, what is it, a country? Is it a country? Yeah. Well, yeah, but if you think about it, that's like perfect for an X Men story. It's nothing but gangs fighting each other. No one's trying to get shot and filming them. Have you been to Memphis? Dangerous cities in the world. Brazil is Brazil is pretty wild though. That's one of those places do not go out of tourist. You're gonna end up in a bathtub with your organs missing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or with mutant powers, you never know. No, I think any y'all would not be kidnapped in Brazil to try and get mutant powers. <laughs> Anyok would be a good location. 
don't don't come here. <laughs> it's all <laughs> crap. Please don't come here. Too many people come here. Traffic's so bad. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> We're complaining about traffic, dude. Uh, Cali, from what I heard, because I got cousins in Cali, they say traffic for them, like, what what traffic and, you know, rush hour is for us, that's 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 their free. That's whenever traffic's at its lightest. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because I, uh, I had a client that came to me and that was like, "Yeah, man, it was like if I was if you're wanting to go somewhere, you got to leave three hours beforehand." And I'm like, "Jesus, sounds Ooh. about right." Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, I would never be on time. Right. <laughs> um. There is okay. Let's start talking about the. Well, let's talk about rain, and then we're gonna go into the nightmares here. But I did want to say there's one line that made me crack up. Uh, it's from Liliana, and she's um. It's when her and Danny are fighting in, in the what common room or whatever. And she's like, what's your power? And they're like, I'll show you. And she does her little arm thing. And then Reyes comes in with the force field. And Reyes puts her in solitaire. And uh, she says, I'll see you in the morning. And Liliana says, I'll see you in hell. And it's funny because <laughs> Liliana can teleport. She goes through hell and then comes back, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, Limbo. Limbo is also another thing from the X Men comics. There's different. I like the X Men do a lot. They go to space. They fight demons and stuff. They go to Africa a lot. Uh, I like when they dimension hop because they they pretty much just steal the Fantastic Store, the Fantastic Four's tech, and just do their own thing. And uh, Limbo is one of those places. Uh, a lot of teleporters do that. They go through Limbo. Uh, I know Liliana does it. I think Nightcrawler does it too, or he goes through like a version of it where it's an actual hell. But whenever Nightcrawler teleports, he has to go through this little demon world. It's all, um, I don't think that's where Lockheed is from, but I, in, the, in the recent comics, uh, Nightcrawler has these little like babies, demons that pal around with him. Uh, they all kind of just come from that place. It's, you know, Easter eggs. Uh, but let, yeah, let's talk about Wolfsbane here. Uh, Miss Maisie Williams as the smallest cast member to be cast in anything nowadays. <laughs> her Damn. accent, her accent was the least annoying. I will say, she did well with her accent. Yeah, I don't know if is she. I know she's she had a British accent in Game of Thrones. Is she Irish or I don't know what her nationality is. She's actually Irish. She's so actually... that accent is her actual accent. <laughs> oh, no wonder oh, yeah. it was less annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually just her speaking. Good for her. Yeah, I believe <laughs> I believe she's Irish. Um if I'm wrong, don't come back to me. Don't 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 at me for it. But you know <laughs> this this is a this I'm, is a I'm ninety percent sure she is. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go with it. We're gonna go with it. I like um I like when she's like sticking around and her eyes are glowing in the background. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Uh like she's she's I always think... in the air vents. Yeah, I, I like how they didn't really kind of keep going back to the air vents thing. I kind of like how they only really use it like a total of three times. They didn't make it like a super big thing. Yeah. Because uh, I was wondering too at first uh, who, because I kind of went, I went into this movie blind. I did, uh, <laughs> I knew from the comics, you know, the characters, uh, but I didn't know what characters were going to be what when I first jumped in the movie. So seeing like the wolf slash like dog like around in the beginning of following, uh, following Danny and and Ailey, they uh, I was confused. I was like, "Is that a guard dog?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I realized, really, I realized once uh, 
she was looking up at Danny on top of the clock tower and tilted her head. And then she popped up right there. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> is it a guard dog? What do you think? Like, she's running, <laughs> get her, <laughs> release the hounds. I don't know. I thought she was going to, like, barking or notify the doctor or something. That's that's what I thought at first, but... The one doctor in this hospital? Yeah. Yeah, the, the one doctor in the hospital is taking care of all of them, also as well as keeping them locked in. She's she's a one-man army. I know, Man. like, she, she probably has to cook, clean, you know, run security diagnostics and everything. Like, no wonder she keeps them locked <laughs> up all day. She has, she has no help. <laughs> you can't be evil with no help. <laughs> Uh, my boy's sunspot was cooking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, uh, again, I like how he's the rich kid and he, he does all the chores. No one else does anything else. <laughs> no one else helps out. It was it was kind of a, a nice thing to see, though, because, you know, you'd obviously expect the rich kid to be like, fuck you, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Although, but yeah. No. <laughs> that was Ileana. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I also like the fact that they're all in this facility because they've all murdered somebody. Again, it, it may be funny on how, who murdered who, but on what happened, mainly with Sunspot. But uh, I think I like that they're all they're all specifically there for that reason. Like, you know, they wouldn't pick any other mutant because, you know, other some other mutants just don't have really cool powers. But these people killed somebody. Yeah, there'll be those weird kids at uh, Xavier's school that, oh, yeah, they're the ones that murdered people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, all I do but is change the channel. They're, they're the new mutants. They kill people. <laughs> yeah, the new, new mutants. Like, yeah. The cool ones. <laughs> they walk down the hallway and everybody hides. Let's, let's kind of get into the nightmares then. Okay, Nightmare 1, because this is a, I guess this is a horror movie. But Nightmare 1 is Sam, and he's in the laundry room, and he, he's back in the mines, and he sees his dad, his bloody dad, and uh, how do we feel about this whole sequence and how it factors into the movie? I feel like his um, his sequence, I feel like was, um, aesthetically and visually, I think it was the most pleasing and, like, really well done. Because how it turned into, like, it, it reminded me of whenever uh, Scarlet Witch put all the all the Avengers under a trance. Oh, yeah. They gave me, gave me a lot of those vibes. Because uh, one moment they're kind of, like, in reality, and the next thing you know, they turn around, and, like, they turn, or, and then it's just, boom, you know, dream state. Like, that shit's, like, in reality. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. I liked, I, I enjoyed the scene. Um... I like how uh, they it kind of visually spoke to you more than actually, you know, them giving the plot out. I feel like yeah. that worked well for it. Yeah, whenever they're not speaking, the, the, there's an actual movie there. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, man. It was a simple scene. It was good. Uh, it made sense. <laughs> um, if they had only done this with the rest of the characters, it would have been a solid movie. Yeah, it yeah. Really, I feel like they, they. I don't know. I feel like they tried. They tried so hard with the other scenes, with their other background stories. That I don't know. They just they just, they, they nailed that that one scene. They tried a bit too hard with the other ones. 
Yeah, like the second nightmare is Danny in the in the snow, and Ray is walking, and she's covered in snow blood or soot or whatever. And then I do like I, I do like Wolfsbane's nightmares though, when she's just like, "Oh, I'm praying," and then ah, I'm being attacked by the priest. Yeah, no, oh man, when she got attacked by the priest there, I was like, "Oh, it's fine. He's not gonna actually burn her." Wait, wait, actually, this is lasting yeah. a bit long. <laughs> this might actually happen. And he stepped on her head. I was like, "Oh, she's getting burned." Yeah, I was like, oh my god, they can actually, the, the illusion, that's when we find out the illusions can actually touch people, and that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. At that point, they're not illusions, she manifested them bitches, to be real. Man. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I love when um, Ileana, deci- like, makes the decision to try and kill, um, kill her, and she gets one of those smiling man masks. Oh yeah, she like uh she like teleports into that world again, and then Danny's like, "Oh, I can I can control myself now." Bloop. <laughs> oh, you're so I was like, "That's savage as hell." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so Brought funny. out her first fucking fear. <laughs> yeah, she's. <laughs> it worked though. It did. It did. She didn't die, which is you know, it's kind of fucked up. You think about it, it's just like. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Oh well, guess what? I know you're scared of masks, bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's more of like, oh yeah, I know you were like molested, and then like boom, oh instant God. trauma. Jeez. That's what I was saying. Time I try to be more peaky than Walter. <laughs> you know, yeah, that might get cut out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, there's a lot of nightmares going on. I think the movie need needed more nightmares. Again, I think if you just cut out. The beginning with Danny at the uh, the reservation, or at least give us flashbacks. Yeah, cut that part out. Give it flashbacks and start with her waking up in the hospital. It'll work a yeah. lot better. If they started with her waking up in the hospital and then and then showing her flashback later on, yeah, I feel like it would have worked a lot better than showing her at the very beginning and. Because they kind of obviously set the tone. Yeah, she's the main character when, you know, we could have figured that out going into the movie later on. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you didn't... Because it, it destroys the mystery, and thus, for me, it kind of destroys the horror elements. Yeah, like like Ben was saying, these smaller moments were good, especially at the beginning with Sam. But then they kind of get lesser and lesser because we, the audience, already know, well, it, it's obviously Danny. That we're just waiting for them to catch up. And that's the worst yeah. thing you can do for a movie is when the audience is way ahead of you. You know, yeah. just ask, just ask any Friday Thirteenth movie. <laughs> just ask any one of them; they they'll tell you, yeah, don't do it. Um, <laughs> a lot of these nightmare, a lot of these nightmare sequences are kind of forgettable, except except Roberto. Again, <laughs> he's in the pool and he's thought he's gonna have some sex, and then <laughs> boom, instant bird skeleton. <laughs> Man, that would, that would have been terrible. <laughs> that was. I would hate. I would hate to be him, bro. That I, I would never want to get with another woman again, man. <laughs> man, like <laughs> that must suck. It must really suck, especially you know. Just I would die alone if that was the case. Man. <laughs> That's traumatizing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> To think you about to get off being your most vulnerable state and <laughs> nowhere start getting attacked by a flaming skeleton. Oh no, man, that ain't it. 
I also like that he was on fire. He's the most comic accurate looking one. Like Sunspot has this weird, unique look when he's on fire. He's solar powered, so he's he's kind of he's he just kind of turns like really like negative black, and then like the fire kind of swarms around him, which I I thought they did pretty good with this here, as far as I like really, powers go. Yeah, go ahead. his powers, or like whenever he just do his arms and his eyes, I feel like I like that looked pretty dope. Oh yeah, the when the smiling man attacked him while he was washing the dishes again for like the fortieth time <laughs> in his movie. They make a lot of dishes for just being like six people. Exactly. Well, yeah, what are they eating? <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that too. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, uh, because we're we're kind of getting to the end here. Let's talk about the last two characters of this movie. Uh just to kind of touch on them before we go to our recommends. Uh, Dr. Reyes, worst doctor ever or just understaffed? What do y'all think? Uh, <laughs> I would say understaffed because, okay, when, when she read the when she read the email that she had to kill, um, what's her name, Danny? Mm-hmm. You can, you you can kind of tell, like, she didn't really want to do it, but she did it yeah. anyway, all the orders. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there was maybe like a small, maybe a tiny little good side of her, but at the end of the day, she ended up being, uh, the bad one. So, um, if there were, if there were more staff <laughs> present, maybe she could have taken that day off and, you know, just let, let the other person kill her. Just <laughs> let somebody else fucking kill uh, Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh man, she's she's pretty like okay. I don't know, like I I don't know how I feel about her. She's just weird. Like she, yeah, maybe she's understaffed. I think she's terrible at being a doctor, though. She's a terrible therapist. All she really does is just kind of yell at them. And then when yeah. no one wants to speak, it's like, well, they don't want to speak. It's it's traumatizing. Therapists usually do activities to like help them, like you know, bring you know help them get comfortable. Her her, she's right in there. What happened the first time you had your mutant power uh, become a thing? Knowing they all murdered someone close to them. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, except... Straight to it. We need the audience to know. We <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's so cool. I, well, not cool, but it's so it's such a weird way to, like, do a movie in my eyes. Um but yeah, I like the when she gets attacked. Like that is the funnest part of this. That's like okay, energy. Finally, energy in this movie. And if it wasn't for the the Deus Ex mocking a bear, <laughs> they would have got fucked. <laughs> yes, we're gonna talk about this demon bear because uh, it's it's so funny watching this. I if you don't know me, I like like big monster movies. Except I, I'm well. I won't say I like big monster movies, but I like kaiju type stuff. So when this bear like just came in, defeated the force field, and just immediately went after her, I was like, you know what? This is cool. This should have happened like an hour ago, but this this is cool. Like you know, <laughs> some action was finally there. But I'm interested, Shelton, because you said uh, the last couple of minutes you were turned off by this. Yeah, because it just I uh, like you know the the bear comes in. And eats up Reyes. It's like, oh, okay, oh hell, whoa, that was crazy, awesome. And it's just like, oh great, now they gotta drag Danny's unconscious body everywhere <laughs> while a bear chases them. That's so fun. <laughs> and we get to Danny's watch people fight a bear a when they can't kill it. Obviously, 
I thought it was pretty funny um, how the doctor's just getting fucking mauled by the bear. Just getting, you know, <laughs> snacked on when they're just over here like, okay, so w- what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> they're just starting to have a conversation amidst her getting mauled and screaming in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I did kind of, I did like that though. Because it's like, they were all pretty much getting suffocated and crushed. And it's like, oh, oh God. Okay, so this just happened. Oh, wait a second. We should go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dr. Race's power is pretty cool, though. She has, like, these... Uh, she can create these force fields, which she is from the comics. I think in the comics, she's a, more of a good guy. I think she's married to Bishop, I, I think. But uh, she's she's cool. I like I like how they prepared how they portrayed her force fields and how she was like, you know what? I've had enough of you kids. Ah! And then just like suffocates them. <laughs> yeah, that is one thing. She's she like, <laughs> she was like, I only need to kill Danny. Can you guys cooperate, please? And they're all like, yeah! ah! she's like, y'all like, y'all are good. All like, just let just let me murderize her. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. Um, so yeah, this demon bear fight, Shelton, you've already said that you weren't really big on it. I think this is the best part of the movie, but for nice. me, if the I, I think it maybe because it's just the most action, but you know, they're X Men, they're mutants, let them use their powers. So far, we've just, we've just seen them like be afraid or not know. Uh, aside from Roberto and Magic, they're the you know, they were really the only ones that could use their powers. Uh, but here, like I said, I think everybody gets a good moment at the ending here. But for me, in a movie, if your best moments are at the end, I'm looking at you, Endgame. That's that's not a very good movie to me. <laughs> um, but what did you guys think about this ending, bear, Demon Bear? What y'all think about the Demon Bear? Period, though. Like, what what is, does it work for you? Does it not? Um, the Demon Bear, man. It. I feel like it was a little bit too, I don't know. It was, I feel like it, it uh, I mean, it makes sense for, like, the story that she kind of overplayed and sounded like a broken record, but <laughs> it made, it made sense, um, and, yeah, no, it was pretty obvious that her dad definitely knew <laughs> she had yeah. those problems. Oh, Yeah. Well, here's one thing. Was anyone expecting two bears? Because she told the story two to- three times. I was expecting a, a second bear. Maybe Danny would turn into a second bear. Nope. She just goes, stop it. And it stops. Yeah, I, I think if it would have made the whole there being a giant monster thing better if the good bear came and fought the bad one. Like, that would have been great. Yeah. You know, but have them actually use their powers. It just... When there's a giant monster that, involved, it's, it's no fun if the thing fighting the giant monster is human-sized. Like, I, I wanna, if I'm going to watch monsters fight, uh, like a monster fight in general, I want it to be, like, two monsters, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, give us something. What about you, Ben? Any thoughts? Um, I honestly thought that the final, like, scene, the fighting scene was going to be between the, the new mutants and the Doctor. I thought she was going to, like take her robe off and transform into like this crazy monster and, <laughs> and, and then at the end when all of them get defeated danny comes comes out with her bear and you know kills the doctor with the bear 
Uh, <laughs> I never, I never thought Danny was gonna be the one. I mean, she practically is the enemy. She's like all these, all, they're all struggling to try to like get her to like wake up and control her bear and shit. <laughs> like, bro, come on. Yeah. Hey, get your bear. Get your bear. <laughs> or like, or like, oh, what's that girl? She, she was like, she called him Yogi at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Like, uh, come on. So the I went to doctor. Could have had like, like second one liners. Yeah. Yeah. The, definitely. Um. One, there are some things that pulled me out of this last final fight here, and we're gonna we're about to get to our recommends here. But I just wanted to say, the things that kind of just like made me cringe was the fact that uh, Sunspot, he's basically a human solar powered flamethrower. Sheldon, solid. Yeah. You guys know how I feel about flamethrowers in movies. But tell me why <laughs> he spends the entire fight throwing wood at the bear. No, he's not yeah. doing anything. <laughs> I was like, okay, so he's gonna set that on fire, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> He's, you got the human flamethrower here, and he just gets palmed by it. He just gets stepped on, and he's down for the rest of the movie. Mad. I was like, bro, you're literally like a washed-down version of the Human Torch. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then, uh, but then, like, at the end, at the at the end, where they're, like, coming out of the robo, he's coming back. Hey, guys. For some reason, he has pants on again. <laughs> I was like, well, that's. Like, okay, don't know where had you had the time to go get those clothes when y'all were on the other side of the whole hospital, but okay then. For real. Yeah, I was confused with that too. But I was like, yeah, he has time to go get a whole outfit. I mean, he, they even leave with, like, he leaves with a backpack at the end. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one that changes clothes. Uh, okay, guys, let's kind of wrap this up here because, I mean, there's more we can say, but then again, it's like, this is a this is a podcast. So, all right. <laughs> Do you recommend or not recommend New Mutants? I I don't recommend it. I really I really don't. Uh, unless you want to pay, you know, your membership for Amazon Amazon Prime or whatever, go ahead. But it's not worth getting a membership. Uh, uh, just my opinion. I uh, just I didn't find it entertaining compared to the other X Men movies or any other. Um, superhero movies, so uh, that's that's just my opinion. I feel like it's a good watch it just because it's the last of the Fox X Men movies that's going to be released. Um, so if you love the X Men movies, then I mean, I'd say go for it. If you're just a comics fan in general, it's it's a good watch. Um, I feel like it def it definitely is a setup movie. Um, for you know what sh- should have been a trilogy, um, yeah. and you can definitely see that. You know, obviously in this one, whenever they're attacking the giant bear, you know they were all doing it one by one. Not not any of them thought to do it all at the same time. Sunspot, yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be a team. Um, I wouldn't recommend it and say it's you know it's a great movie, but definitely I feel like you know everyone should at least give it a shot and watch it just to see how they feel about it, about it, get their own opinions on it. Um, but definitely it is a movie that suffers from production errors and, you know, delayed production and all the shit that went on with it. And Disney, uh, as a fucking monopoly and a fucking Adolf over here. (laughs) Not not Adolf. Adolf Disney, dude. Hell no! (laughs) (laughs) The mouse has little mustache now. 
Um, I, I think if you can watch it, like it's it's an entertaining movie. It has its pitfalls and everything. And uh, comparing it to any other action movie, it's bad. But I think if you could watch it for free and you need something to watch, it's it's a decent enough watch compared to yeah. anything else you're gonna find that you haven't already seen. I wouldn't I wouldn't pay for it. Um. <laughs> if it's free on a streaming service, go for it. Meanwhile, it's, it's one I of those, did. Yeah, it's it's one of those um, looking for something to watch on Netflix. I guess I'll watch this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those like I need to go back to sleep late night movies. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> definitely a stream. It. It's not a rent or buy. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Look, I when I when I first saw this movie, I was like, it's all right. I was excited for it. I had I still had some of that excitement. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Watching it again for this review, really taking notes and paying attention to it. There are there are still things I like. Again, a diehard X Men fan. They had some really good concepts and ideas. I'm also a big fan of '80s horror movies, especially A Nightmare on Elm Street. But uh, as a whole, first off, as an X Men fan. I think this is probably the worst X Men movie, and that's like a that's like huge saying that cause the the X Men has some pretty bad movies, but like, and I'm I'm this is so this is so bad. Isn't even on Disney Plus, so it's, it's... not yet. But you know you have a point there. But I, I you have a point there. But I still think last I still think Last Stand has some like educational things going for it that saved that movie. If you're as you get older, you start to realize it. It's not very comic accurate, but for this, like this is this is. I feel so bad about New Mutants that I like right after this review. Uh, at some point this week, maybe tomorrow, actually, I'm gonna watch X Men Origins Wolverine because oh, no. I need to see which is worse. Because I, that is like the bottom. A lot of people like to shit on Dark Phoenix. I know a lot of you guys haven't seen it yet. I've seen it many times. It is not the worst X Men movie. It's definitely better than New Mutants. It's it's just as rushed. It's, they had they had this. They have a very parallel thing going on. All of their stuff was pretty much happening at the same time with their production. But uh, I think Dark Phoenix accomplishes accomplishes a story and accomplishes a, a a solid tone. While like Solo said with this one, it's struggling to have a tone. It wants to be horror, then it wants to be really cheesy teenage then it kind of wants to be funny with the one-liners uh and i just i don't know i just feel unsatisfied at by the end of watching this movie that i don't get with any other x-men movie uh even for like the forgettable wolverine from 2013 like that one still was somewhat satisfying this movie i i think it's the worst (laughs) what'd you say it's all about the one that we goes to japan yeah, 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 yeah. Oh god, yeah, yes. That was, that was kind of weird. Um, that one's terrible. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely. Oh, dude, man, the two stand, the two standalone X, uh, X Men, two standalone Wolverine movies definitely weren't that great. He was better in the X Men movies than he was in his own movies, which is very sad to say. Yeah, yeah especially Origins was, yeah, that was a travesty. That was, that was, especially what they did to Deadpool. That. God. Oh god. Yeah. But like if I think back, Origins like they have something going for it being that it's silly and oh well, then again I think it's just bad. See, I don't know. I got to rewatch it. I got to re- But I do think looking from where I stand right now, I think New Mutants is 
not if if not the one of the bottom X-Men movies. Like it's it for me it's down there with Origins and with uh what do I think is a bad X-Men man, a lot of them I kinda like. It's it's worse than Apocalypse, and Apocalypse gets a lot of shit too. I I I'm okay with Apocalypse, but I, I can agree that it's not a good X-Men movie. So yeah, it it this is like below Apocalypse, maybe above X-Men Origins Wolverine. Definitely below the Wolverine. This didn't even reach the like for me the X Men like finish line. If it, if an X Men movie is either just as or better than the first X Men movie, which is the lowest of the lowest budget X Men, then you're pretty good. But if it's below that, then that's where I draw the line with eight. Where with my giving it as much grace as I can. So for me, New Beatons is not a not a recommend. I, I wrote in my notes, don't be a pussy, not recommend. <laughs> those those sell out at the end. <laughs> I, I literally have to write that down because I was like going back and forth. But yeah, I just think this is a this is an oh this is a good attempt, but I don't think it's a good movie overall. So not not recommend. Go watch something else. Go watch another X Men movie. You know, go rewatch one of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> Wanting to watch an X Men movie, I definitely wouldn't recommend to to watch it as an X Men movie. If you wanna, if you really wanna watch an X Men movie, watch an X Men movie. Don't watch this. Yeah, watch a watch an actual X Men movie. If it's if it's streamable, don't don't pay for it. Yeah, don't make a mistake. You're gonna end up regretting it. So with that being said, guys, thank you for joining me on this little this little bonus podcast. Uh, we've been pretty busy lately. Thanks for listening, everybody out there. Uh, that's it for our show. If you want more of the Murderboard podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Murderboard underscore pod and on Twitter at Murderboard the. There you can ask questions, leave comments about the show. Please don't forget to share the podcast with family and friends. You can find us on most of your favorite podcast networks, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, and right here at Anchor Podcasts. Uh, also consider supporting the podcast and helping sustain future episodes such as this one by hitting the support slash link button down below in the show notes. Look for new episodes on Fridays and Sundays or really whenever I feel like getting them out. Uh, we've been pretty backed up lately. Uh, and uh, we will catch you again on the murder board. Or I guess we'll catch you. Nope. Nope. Um, I can't I can't think of a clever outro. Anybody? Anybody want to take a crack at a, a last joke? Uh, bye. <laughs> well, I'm not good with one-liners. If I say something, it's gonna come out like <laughs> like Ileana did in this movie. <laughs> Worth a shot. Um. All right. Well. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Don't let your demon bear your picnic, whatever. Picnic nest. Not... There we go. That's our ending. <laughs> Um, don't, don't, don't sleep let the demon. Oh my god. <laughs> my father always told me that there were two bears that live inside of you. <laughs> That's how bad their accents were. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>